Hello and welcome to the Booper Parent Chat. I'm Tim Hipgrave, one of your co-hosts. I'm a dad to two little boys of nine and five years old, Finley and Kean. Uh, the lights of my life, lots of energy in, in them as much as lots of good challenges as, as well. Hi, I am Heather McLean and I am a parent of four, two boys, two girls, ranging from 26 down to 11. And I am a grandmother of one. Hello, and welcome to the Parenting Podcast. So it's really good to talk to you all listening today. We um, wanted to get together and have a chat today about mental health and children Mm -hmm. and parents as well. Um, And we've obviously got our own experiences um, as parents over over a number of years. And we wanted to kind of share some thoughts, ideas. We're definitely not experts, but hopefully we can raise a few interesting thoughts, get you thinking a little bit um, about what's what's going on uh, that you might be thinking about. Absolutely. Um, as we've said before, um, we're not experts, but you know, you know your child best or your children best. There are no rules um, apart from the ones that you basically make for yourself. There are no mistakes in parenting. So, uh, I say, mental health is that's a huge word, isn't it? It's it's not even a word. It's you know, it's a phrase now. It's a it's a weight. Nowadays, mental health is something that every parent kind of looks out for and and dreads because it's something that is such a ne- it's got such a negative connotation hasn't it mm. mental health yeah. and we all feel like we're having to watch out for our children's mental health more i mean obviously and our own but what do you what is your take on mental health when you hear the word mental health what do you think about yeah, I, th- I think it's a really good point. You know, as you say, there's of, there are a lot of negative connotations when we talk about that that phrase, mental mental health. You know, for for me, you know, in my own my own experience, you know, within work and, and just personally over the course of my life, it's it's very much you know the, uh, the the really really key thing is is kind of knowing who you are as a person. And when people, you know, in my in my own experience, when I particularly when I was in my in my late teens, I went through a period where I really really struggled with my mental health, and I talked to absolutely nobody at any point whatsoever um and the biggest thing for me was kind of losing touch with who i was or not knowing who i was and and so on and i think you know one of the things that occurs to me with you know a lot of good conversation that we're having in society generally about mental health is is that it means something different to everybody and anyone everybody's got different experiences and everybody you know we all struggle to a greater or lesser extent from time to time don't we um and it's all for very personal reasons or personal perceptions of what's of what's going on so you know that's there, there's something really important there that occurs to me when i think about about mental about mental health and what that what that means yeah. how, how about you what do you what do you think of i think when i think of mental health again um my experience is obviously quite um different from yours but same in some ways um i was a bit of a goth in the in the 80s so everyone thought i was depressed um, I wasn't. I just enjoyed wearing black and, you know, talking about goth things, which was just sort of macabre, <laughs> and uh, it was a, more of an interest in the in the macabre. But um, mental health to me, um, I guess I was raised um, with thinking that it was a normal thing for um, a parent to have issues. My father is bipolar, and I was raised not knowing what dad 
I had from one day to the other. So it wasn't I did I had a I had a happy childhood. I just want to put that out there. I had a happy childhood, very loved. Um, but my father always had problems with this. And so my understanding of mental health was perhaps a bit skewed from everyone else's mm. because I didn't really understand what mental health was to someone else. I assumed mm. everyone's dad was like that, mm. you know, and uh, my mum had um, mental health problems as well. She, she suffered with depression. It's mm. uh, something that was a normal thing in my in my house. They loved us very, very much and we never wanted for anything like that. But um, for me, it was um, always an open conversation, I guess. So perhaps when I did start feeling a little bit sort of on the on the sad side of things, it was always quite easy for me to say to my dad or my mum, oh, I feel really down, I feel really sad. And they would always be kind of, you know what, you need to you need to talk about that or maybe we can we can go to the doctor or whatever. It was nice. For you, it must have been quite difficult, though, I guess, as um, a teenager, because a lot of people, I think, assume a teenager is moody mm. um, anyway. So I guess being being a teenage boy, people, do you think people noticed that you were feeling sad or? Yeah, I, that's a really good question. And I think, you know, my, my experience was just, you know, just generally growing up, I, I have a memory or a sense that there was people judged behaviour. So the idea of you know somebody who i you know who might have had mental health concerns or difficulties or and so on would just in my head would just have been judged for being a bit odd or not very nice person or because of their behavior very that's just my general sense of what it what it was like or maybe that was just my perception of it that led to me then not being able to talk about it when i when i really really struggled possibly yeah, yeah. um but you know i think f- for me i think maybe it was just kind of one of the things that I was was that, that i got used to was not talking about stuff in general so that made it more difficult i think for me to to cope with just the normal stuff of growing up and being a teenager and you know what are you doing at school who are your mates what do you wear what what do you listen to all that all that kind of stuff that led to me kind of then really like really really you know struggling do you, um do you think being a boy made a difference there i mean the only reason yeah. i say that is because i do feel that certainly the way society is now it's more acceptable seen more acceptable not that mm. i believe that this is the right thing by the way um it's often seen as more acceptable for a girl to be more emotional or in touch with sure. their emotions yeah and it's absolutely untrue mm. you know we're all human beings male or female or whatever gender you identify with you are yeah. you and you have emotions you were born with them but yeah. i feel i do feel that as a, a society boys are made to feel like they shouldn't cry or they shouldn't mm. be upset. They need to be men. Mm. And it's something I was very conscious about with my sons, mm. making sure that they knew that their feelings were okay. Sure. So do you, how do you think, yeah. do you I, think that was a factor? Yeah, I you? do. I do. I think it was. And I think it's, it still is generally. Uh, you know, for me as a boy, I, yeah, that wasn't a thing that you, you, you didn't stand no. around and talk with your mates about, about how you felt. It was go and kick a football and argue over a packet of sweets or something like like that so that was definitely part of it as well and i think we still see some of those issues now don't we you know yeah. with you know men being able to talk about what their problems are or access help and and so on um is, is a real is, is really significant and possibly still the same for you know young boys or teenage teenage boys um as well as i think that's I, I do think that's um that's still there so i suppose maybe we've had that change from Certainly mental health is more topical now than yes. it used to be in lots of areas of society. It's being approached from lots of different angles, which is which is great. Um, but why do you think that is? Well, we've gone from 
you know from mental health not really being talked about that much in any area to being much more topical particularly in relation to to children and young people i do think that social media has a part to play in this as a positive mm. way i mean sure. opening conversations people feel that they're more able to speak about something when you're behind a keyboard it's a little easier to speak about something that's very close mm. to you and open up your feelings a little bit better when you know that you're not going to be judged for that or if you are you can you can close the laptop and you can mm. you can walk away yeah. um so i do think that social media has had a positive impact in some ways to mental health because a conversation has been opened and once that mm. lid is off yeah. you can't really put that lid back on you know years ago when my grandmother was suffering with her mental health which was my father's mother and um, bipolar is something that's often um, in families as well and it's something they didn't understand and she was told to have babies to uh you know take a mind off things because they didn't understand right. you know you it was it was put to one side it was not spoken about it was definitely not you know talked about in any open way in society at all in families at all it was seen as shameful people were you know locked away for for less uh, so now i do feel that um social media and media in general actually is a little bit more open to speaking about it so the conversations are, are out there they're open so in a way we are talking about it more and it's becoming more normalized yeah and that's not a terrible thing absolutely not i think it, we should carry on talking about it if yeah like, which we are doing today obviously. yeah abs absolutely so there's definitely a positive side to it but downside to social media and you know digital technology absolutely. use as well right yeah it's, it's like a double-edged sword isn't it yeah because we were talking about children's mental health a little bit earlier on mm. And something I know that anyone who listening in here um, as a parent will understand what I'm going to say now is the, you know, the things in their hands, their, their social media devices. When's the right time to let your child start going on things like social media? The accepted um, age is around 13. That's what the social media sites will tell you. But I know, I know there are children that are there younger than that. And should they should they have access to that? Mm. You know what do you, what do you think about? I mean, you've got a nine year old. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're it, we're just on the verge of of Finley kind of coming into um, kind of social media com communications and stuff. He's got access to a school system, which is a school based like system. An intranet. Where, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But where they could, the children can send messages to each other and all all that kind of stuff. And he's playing games which could be online games so we're kind of coming towards that um as well um, one thing really interesting thing that i didn't realize till I, I read up it recently is that the world health organization has and i don't know if you know this i, d I had no idea that they've they've defined gaming disorder as a as an official uh condition illness if if you like as well which i think is really really interesting it makes me think about okay well surely there's some good stuff about social media but there's and and digital kind of use of digital technology but there's a downside yeah. downside too i think you know for me it makes me nervous i feel nervous about the idea of both the boys particularly finn you know he's, he's the he's the old one and a little bit more of a sensitive character maybe just being exposed to stuff I love the idea, you know, technology is really important, it's wonderful, you know, we can communicate, we can learn stuff, we can collaborate with people as well. But there's so, there's so, maybe it's getting a bit better, but the filters there aren't there for children, you know, so much, you know, there's there's so much that's open and, you know, we're, we're seeing a bit more regulation now, you know, mm -hmm. questions being asked of Facebook and, and different media sites and all the rest of it. But it, it does make me nervous as a dad about what's going to, 
he'd be exposed to that I might not be able to talk to him about. And I think mm-hmm. that's the thing, you know, if he goes off to school and he has a bad day, mm-hmm. you know, relationships for kids, they're going to be difficult at times, right? And you can talk about it if you have a dialogue about that with yeah. them, which is great. And, and yeah, w- you know, want to focus on that. But I think it's the unknown aspect of social media. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I, I agree. Um, I've got an 11 year old daughter mm. and um, she has um, moderate autism um, which some people call um, Asperger's. They could just uh, put it under the umbrella of ASD now. Mm. But she perhaps has a lesser understanding. I, I would call her less savvy, if mm. you like, mm. um, with things. She's a bit more trusting and she's a bit more factual about things. So she wants to do something called TikTok. Do you know about TikTok? No, I've not come uh, yeah, I, that. I literally no. didn't know anything about it until she started going into it. But TikTok is a video social media where they record very short um videos to music and some of them are quite amusing they really can yeah and she's always on it she's always making videos it could be anything from her jumping on a trampoline to opening Mm. a bottle so that in slow motion so that i wouldn't even be able to begin to know what editing goes on but she's 11 years old and I have the same concerns. Mm. I worry about what she could be exposed to, who she could be exposed to. Mm. Um, we try and tell her no face. Right. So yeah. she can do videos, but she's not allowed to include her face in them, mm. if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. Body shots or whatever is is fine. She's okay filming around the neighbourhood if she wants to. If she wants to do that, cause she's got a smartphone. Right. Um, but no face. We've said to her, no. We, we don't want your face online because we do think that's a bit of a slippery slope. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of, it's help is talking to them about, yeah. you know, what's, you know, the benefits of, you know, what having fun or talking to people and so on, but knowing what the limits are mm-hmm. and what the, you know, what the dangers are as, as well, I guess. Absolutely. It's, it's opening conversation with them about their own safety. Mm. And it's something that we should all do as parents, whether they're online or not, actually, mm. is speak to them about it. Because one day they will be exposed to it. The chances are they are going to pick up a phone one day. They are going to go onto a computer one day. Mm. And you need to prepare them. You can't just um, expect them to find out for themselves. That's a real slippery slope. Um, But just speaking, telling them about controlling their information, for example. Like we've said about not showing her face. She doesn't use her name online either. She Mm. uses a nickname. Um, And you have to not give out things like your address your phone number um not even if someone if you think that they're your same age don't share any information i've said to her i don't mind her using her nickname and you know as long as she doesn't use her face she can use pretty much you know anything else that's fine but you have to be really savvy about what Mm. you share yeah because i mean that's a thing that adults i think have trouble with online Mm. sharing too much you then and there are those um for example on facebook which i say is my medium um is those com- those little pictures that you get up that are like um create your rock band name mm. yeah and it will say you know january through to december for the first line of the of the band and they'll have a different name for each band um and then on the date there'll be the date up to the, you know the the 31st or whatever so essentially then what you do is you reply underneath with what your answers are so if i was february it would be you know the the maidens of and if i was on the 25th 
of February, it would be, you know, the Maidens of Darkness or something. And then I would write that. Now, someone who's quite clever now knows when my birthday is. Sure, yeah. And that's online. Yeah. I haven't told them my birthday. I haven't said, oh, I was born on February 25th. I wasn't, by the way. So uh, good luck with that. (laughs) But, um, you know, we've got to be really careful because fishers people that fish for your information are really clever now and that thing doesn't ask you exactly for your name or your address or whatever but if you put if it was like a street name and something like that you don't think about it you just write it down oh mine's this ha 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 yeah and then you've just given your information to the internet yeah so it's being savvy about what what you're sharing and and how much yeah yeah yeah, tell your kids to be careful about what they share Mm. and it's their information to share or not to share yeah less is definitely more i think online yeah for sure yeah absolutely absolutely and what about you know in, in terms of you know communicating and putting stuff out there bullying as well oh online obviously yeah. it's a concern for for any parent you know with their child going off into the world to you know yeah. to, to school to big school and, and all the other stuff but online again it can be a really hidden thing and be it really be. really damaging as well is there anything in particular the kind of that you think is really important or that you do to to kind of protect the, the kids against bullying or to be able to talk about it you can to a point i think um my daughter eleanor who is now 18 uh went through quite a nasty dark phase when she was still at school she was about um 15 and um basically she's 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 gay my daughter she's um she's a lovely girl and she's very open she's very you know i knew you know she's she's a fierce girl my daughter um, who knew? Um, but at 15 years old, she went out with her first girlfriend and mm. basically it broke up. She was outed by this girl at school, right. uh, which is not easy. She wasn't ready to do that. And this girl outed her to the whole school. Right. And she suffered quite nasty abuse for that mm. from other pupils. And when we were when we were children, if we had problems at school we could shut the door we could go home mm, yeah um i mean I, I grew up in the in the 1980s and there was no media there was well there was media but uh, there was no social media there was no online there was no internet mm. i could shut my door and not have anything until the monday where i would have to deal with it again maybe she had it constantly mm. on instagram personal messaging we had facebook personal messaging uh, and at 15, you can prepare them for online. But at 15, yeah. you know, she's pretty much, she's old enough to have an account on there. And she could be, you know, befriending anyone. I didn't know that. But I do know she had a lot of abuse mm. online. And the school, I don't think quite knew how to deal with that. Because mm. it was something that I got the impression for them was quite a new thing. They didn't know where they're boundaries were with it they weren't sure whether it was their responsibility or my Mm. responsibility to control what she was doing online for me as a parent i felt like hang on a minute why should i be controlling what she's doing online she's not giving herself abuse online hang Mm. on a minute Mm. i'm talking to you as professionals can you talk to these other kids parents about what's going on i've shown you screenshots uh, my son showed me how to do that but uh, you know showed me you know, I got screenshots of what was going on so the bullying thing now it's like it's gone to another level from mm. when we were children it's not just about name calling and whatever anymore it's constant barrage of abuse yeah 
um i've so i mean luckily she came out the other other side of it and you know eventually the school did kind of accept that this was not you know this wasn't right but they uh, there was a long period where they just didn't know what their responsibilities were yeah and they did agree with us in the end and you know we did we had to put in complaints and all sorts to get it done but it did get done eventually so all is well it's fine yeah with your boys they're just kind of coming into that aren't they they're just yeah. coming into going into bigger school i guess i mean your oldest one is nine yeah yeah, yeah that's right that's so right so he's at junior school at the moment yeah. so in the next couple of years that's right he'll be getting more, more exposed school. absolutely and it makes me think you know there's probably parents listening to this who are thinking oh what you know what, whatever age their child is really you know what how do i spot if there's a problem because i'm yeah, guessing that's a really you know ho- hopefully you know developing openness and, and you know being open and talking with your children as, yeah. as, as a normal thing you know we try as far as possible to have talking about what's going on in your life and how you feel about things as, as a normal thing but there'll be you know parents think about you know what might be the signs that might you know i might need to, to spot i mean you know in, in your experience yeah were there any particular signs that you've tried to look out for or that were apparent or was it a, a straightforward conversation what was that what was that like Oh, there was no straightforward conversations, unfortunately. Um, again, as we were talking at the beginning about maybe mental health can be mistaken for teen moods, mm. um, she, there was a bit of a change in her, but it did coincide with puberty. Right. And uh, myself and her dad were kind of, you know, we were talking about, you know, what's going on? You know, oh, maybe mm. it's just, you know, um, maybe it's just her hormones. Maybe that's what's happening. She was coming home. She was so angry. Mm. She was so angry, and she would start a fight over, you know, not there not being jam for her sandwich, the right jam mm. for her sandwich or something. And it would be ridiculous. We would end up having these ridiculous, ridiculous rows over nothing. Mm. And then, of course, the phone calls from school started because not only was she being like this at home she was being like this at school as well she was being belligerent and rude Mm. answering back to teachers you know using obscene language Mm. and you know it was difficult for her um to control her anger and for ages we were taking her phone from her we were um you know punishing her for this until we suddenly said to her okay okay mm. we need to have a talk about this mm. what's going on yeah it's happening yeah you know tell us what's 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 happening this isn't you what's what's going on something's happening yeah. what's what's going on it's hard to look out for signs yeah. and i really really wish i could tell any of you parents listening now that there's a really easy sign to look out for mm. but there isn't mm. any changes in behavior anything could possibly be a sign that they're not happy and you know to have a talk with them about that open a conversation but there's no one thing you can look out for that's the frightening part mm. of mental health i think yeah um after we'd had that conversation she told us what was going on and you know the the, the lioness in me came out a little bit and it was mm. like right not having this what's going on here what why is why is this not happening why is yeah. why are these protections not in place why have they not told me mm any of this if they know about it what's going on here yeah so then the conversation started changing at school so that was good yeah uh there was a bit of kind of you know they didn't kind of know what to do that but you know in a case of you know how do we help them it is literally about opening a conversation with them it sounds simple it is simple Mm. it's talking about mental health like it's nothing to be ashamed of yeah um it's just life yeah they say one in four people 
from the statistics I've seen, they still say one in four people suffers with their mental health at some point in their life. Sure, yeah. I would go further than that. I don't think that that's true. I think that everyone, yeah, everyone, every human being, everyone who's listening to this podcast right now, I will guarantee you at some point in your life, you've had a low point where you felt unhappy mm. and you've not really known how to kind of get out of that. Maybe it was a short time. Maybe it was a slightly longer time. It's different for everybody. But it's such a normal thing that we should be talking to our kids about it, how there's it's nothing to be ashamed of if you feel sad. And sometimes yeah, absolutely. sometimes there isn't a reason. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, I think you're completely right. Sometimes there literally isn't one. Yeah. Do, I mean, do you think when you weren't feeling your best in your teens, was there a reason for that or did you just feel sad? Yeah, no, I think I think there were, you know, maybe one or two reasons like, you know, maybe struggling or having a, a doubt about certain friendships or where did I fit, all of which were probably completely mis misplaced. I think, you know, I, I had great friendships. I just didn't appreciate them so much. And I think the, the thing for me was I, I, I remember having a conscious feeling about feeling guilty, about feeling depressed um, or not. I wouldn't have called it that. I would have felt felt guilty yeah. about just feeling how, how am I feeling I'm not quite sure it feels a bit rubbish and I feel like I shouldn't I feel like I'm not being myself I feel like I'm letting myself down so I used to beat myself up about that as well mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting you know while you were talking just then it's, it, it reminds me of one of the things it took me a while as a as a dad of a growing of a, bo a growing boy to get my head around what to do when he seemed to be feeling frustrated or sad about something or a little bit down or whatever and for, for ages you know and having you know worked a little bit in, around mental health in the past um my brain still went to i need to fix something there's something mm. physical that needs to happen differently i need to do something different or tell him to do something different or to just think about it differently or something or other you know you've kind of you're going yeah. to fix especially as a parent right you want to kind of yeah. just sort stuff out especially when they're well they're little as well as when they're older i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sure and it took me a while to actually realize that just talking about it and just share how you feel is really really important yeah. so one of the things i've i've learned to do now which i now consciously make myself prioritize because it's still not natural to me is just just say how you feel talk about mm -hmm. how you feel and you know try and talk to to finn and i will do to to kian when he's bigger around it's normal the, not not normal it's natural to yes, feel natural. a bit sad or very sad or frustrated or really angry or whatever just as it's natural to feel happy and joyful and have a laugh all yeah. those things are just natural and if there's something else you need to do or something needs to change in your life so you feel a bit better about stuff then fine you can work out that's that you know what that is but just because you feel a bit down or a bit feel a bit frustrated it doesn't necessarily mean that things need to change but you definitely need to talk about it yeah absolutely i agree you know? i agree and it's using their language too yeah yeah isn't it it's about using opening conversations that that use language they would understand mm. um i was reading an article about how a child won't tell you they feel anxious because they don't know what that means sure yeah but they will tell you they have tummy ache yeah yeah you know when they don't want to go to school i've got tummy ache i've got tummy ache because mm. how does anxiety feel it feels yeah. like yeah. a knot yeah. doesn't it kind yeah. of in your stomach so it's using language to them their own conversation their own language about that yeah. and just keeping that conversation open so i completely agree with you well we're on the same page again i think yeah yeah absolutely. about it it's it's all about keeping that conversation open and once again there's no right or wrong way mm. of doing that it's yeah. all about doing it your own way you know like yeah. you do you do you yeah, it's yeah. it's your child it's your situation 
So I think that kind of brings us towards the end in conclusion. Absolutely, absolutely. Were. Well, that's been been really good to talk about, and it's it's a nice, you know, it makes me feel good, you know, talking about these kind of things and and sharing them with with yeah. you and everybody listening too. Definitely. Um, but I think that's all we've we're, we've we've got to talk about for for now. For now. So thank you to everybody listening. Um, we hope it's been useful to listen to this edition of the of the Booper Parent Chat. Bye from me, Tim Hipgrave. And uh, goodbye from me, Heather McLean. Um, be sure to listen out for the next Booper Parent Chat. We will be coming back to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.